G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. I'm Scotty Connell from Kimberley Spirit and I'm stoked to be able to bring you some more yarns from Mount Bush up here in the Kimberley, northwestern Australia. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. I'm just sitting here with Paul Waterhouse. Um, he's a mate of mine I've met many years ago. How are you going, Paul? Good, Scotty. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Uh, I actually met Paul um, in 2015. He was the producer of the Sunday night television program, and he was up here shooting um, the Honey Badgers story, um, Nick Cummins' story on um, why he'd left the Wallabies and taken off overseas and and um, played for Japan and the illnesses in the family and all the stuff that was um, that had led him to where he was in that point in time. And um, Paul produced a magnificent story, and we all spent a couple of weeks together and just had an unreal time around Karanara, courtesy of Tourism Australia. And um, what we do you? Did. Re- yeah, how are you anyway? Yeah, good mate. Just had a equally wonderful couple of days with you. So <laughs> thank you. No worries at all. And um, do you want to tell the um, listeners a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I'm a uh, TV producer. Very lucky to uh, have made a career in that the last 15 or so years. Um, was with the big networks for a while there, Channel 9, Channel 7, and I've gone freelance the last two years. So I kind of pick and choose the programs I want to work for. Yeah, awesome. And at the moment you're working for... Pat Cullinan's 4x4 Adventures on Channel 10. So you're doing a big lap of Australia? Kind of. Yeah, we've uh, been through northern New South Wales. We went up through uh, the Red Centre, did an episode there, then Litchfield National Park, and we've come across to the Kimberley. And after this, we're heading to do two episodes in Queensland and then drive home. So we get a lot of kilometres up on our four-wheel drives, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and this um, job's been quite different. Like you, um, as I was saying, you've, you work for Sunday Night Television, that program, and it's now finished up for nearly 10 years? Or Yeah, I was there for 10 years exactly, actually. Yep. And um, your roles there were, what was your, your producer? Yeah, well, one of a team of producers. I uh, Basically, my job was to organise stories, oversee the filming of the stories, and then put the stories together in the edit suite afterwards with an editor. So, yeah, a very amazing job. I spent my whole 30s just travelling the world, um, uh, meeting everyone from, you know, presidents to the world's richest people, like Bill Gates. We spent a day with him, and then down yeah. to into jails and people who are really struggling in life. So... You saw the full gamut of society, you saw the best of the world, you saw the worst of the world, uh, covered massacres, war zones, earthquakes, uh, but then the very best of people as well. It was a, it was an amazing, amazing insight. And doing that, that's unreal. Um, how do you get into that? How do kids from Kananara, if they want to be a producer of a television show, how do they get into that? Well, I was not from somewhere as wild as Kananara. Uh, <laughs> I was from a little town called Camden, uh, yeah. outside of Sydney, but... But in saying that, like the community there, like no one worked in the media, no one knew anyone who worked in the media, and it's one of those industries that's all about who you know. But the short story is, I uh, wasn't smart enough to go to uni, which is what I thought you needed to do to get into the media. Um, so I actually did a trade when I left school. Then I went to uni, but I realised I wasn't, still wasn't smart enough for uni as a 24-year-old. Yeah. Um, but in that first six months of being at uni, I took a uni assignment to Channel Nine, actually, and yeah. then. Um, and then they really liked it, um, actually put it to air about a week after I'd submitted it. Uh, Ray Martin was hosting the show and gave me a bit of a plug and then the next day, quite literally, the boss of the show called me up and offered me a job. Yeah. Cool so you create your own luck sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you get lucky, but you've got to show a bit of grit too. Yeah, that's brilliant. 
How good's that? Um, you tell so many other people's stories so often, and I know we've spoken the last few days. You spoke about Bear Grylls and Chris Hemsworth, and some really unique characters that be unreal to spend time with and produce you know, programs that they're a part of, that sort of thing. But something you told me about the other day, which I didn't know, is that when you were younger, you were pretty keen on getting out and about as well, and you you did an adventure of your own. You begun with Sydney to Canberra, was that right? Uh, I uh, Sydney to Albury. Sydney to Albury. Yeah. And that was a ride? No, I ran that. <laughs> <laughs> How far is that? It was about 600, 600 k's from Sydney CBD to, to the Murray River at Albury. And yeah. then I uh, kayaked the Murray River from Albury all the way through to almost the end of it to Murray Bridge. And then from there... How far I, is that? For, uh, we don't know. I'm scared to say. I think it was 2.2 two or 2.6. 2, 2,200 or 2,600. It was one of the two. So that's like the length of Western Australia just about. Is it? Yeah. Your brooms to 2000 from Perth. So. Okay. Yeah, and then That's went crazy. up through Adelaide and across the Nullarbor to Perth. I didn't take the most direct route across Australia from east to west because I wanted to try and do what seemed like the Murray almost in its entirety. So I didn't get out at uh, Renmark or wherever it was. I, I kept going south down the Murray Bridge, but it was worth it. Yeah, and so there was a run, and then there was a paddle, and then you rode a pushy. Yeah, cycled across there. Yeah. <laughs> cycled to Perth. <laughs> and how long did that take you? Uh, four months. Four months. Yeah, 125 days, I think, from memory. Was there anything left of you by the end, or were you eating well, or how do you... Yeah, pretty well. I had a mate um, driving a four-wheel drive behind me as a support vehicle, so yeah, right. we, he, he did all the cookings. So that was pretty cool. It's unreal. Yeah, I've never, never been so tanned in my life, actually. I bet. Yeah. I could imagine. And what about the paddle? How do you... How do you, you could fit a bit of gear in the kayak? Or? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would spend a couple of nights at a time uh, where, you know, you just didn't come into contact with anyone. Yeah, uh, so I had a tent and and some some basic gear. So yeah, yeah right. just camping on the side of the river. What time of year was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started in April and finished in the end of July. So it was winter. Yeah, yeah. The toughest part was the winds of the Nullarbor. I used to get up really early, like before dark, and cycle, and I'd be done done riding by ten o'clock. Yeah, right. Just because it was just blowing. It was yeah. blowing in my head. Because I had to flow the, follow the flow of the Murray. Yeah. That's why I didn't go west to east. So yeah. So there, when it was the site, that meant I had had the flow, but then I had to go into headwinds on the bike. So <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty crazy. It was one of those just fun adventures I just came up with one day. I was getting a bit bored landscaping, doing my trade yep. as a 20-year-old. I thought, I'm going to do something really big with my life when I finished my apprenticeship. And sort of looked at this map of Australia, came up with this idea. I had never heard of anyone doing that combo. And it just really excited me. Still excites me, actually, when I think about it. Yeah, and, I'll uh, bet. Yeah. It's unreal. Off I went, ran yeah. away from home, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So, yeah, can't get my really get my head around that. I've met some people down the Gib just recently, and you know, where have you guys come from? This couple, um, they've just paddled from Sydney, um, just paddled, pedaled. They've ridden their push bikes mm. from Sydney and um, pulled up in a few different spots and given them some cool drinks, and they were just absolutely stoked. Um, only being able to carry maximum sort of 10 litres of water at a time. Um, you were obviously supported through that trip, like across the Nullarbor, so you were able to get water from um, the fellow that was with you? Or? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Chris's name was, yeah. Yep. Now, we were very well looked after. In fact, Chris used to call people from towns that we were coming to, just saying, oh, we're just a couple of young dudes trekking across. Could we, you know, could we come stay with you for a night? And, of yep. course, they would, you know, cook a roast dinner and oh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So we didn't exactly rough it all the time <laughs> either. So it wasn't too bad? No. I mean, there was some patches where it was, yeah, it didn't see many people, but 
Yeah, whenever we're near a town, for sure, we got looked after. What makes a human want to do something like that? Because, I mean, I get it, trust me. I, I love it. I love being out and about and not having any idea what's next and all of that. But what made you want to go do that, apart from just the norm? Like, it's that's a wild... And you obviously there's planning involved, and did you didn't just up and go a couple of weeks later? Sort nah, of? I spent two years um, training after work, so I'd be pushing wheelbarrows, working really hard in the trade, and then I'd come home and run 20k's. I'd spend my whole Saturday kayaking or um, doing a big cycling thing, and of course organising sponsors and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, there was a guy named Pat Farmer who people might remember, a long distance runner. He ran around Australia in '99 for the Centenary Federation, and. He was from my area outside of Sydney and he came and spoke at my school and I was just really inspired by hearing his stories about running across America, running across the Simpson Desert, his planned run at that stage around Australia. Um, yeah, that really stuck with me. So a couple of years later, I was just like, oh God, I just want to do something big. I was, yeah. I was, you know, give life a bit of purpose and, and you know, see the country. And Yeah. yeah That's really cool. Some, I've heard that so often. Um, one of the Kimberley Spirit Board members was sharing with me that Jessica Malboy actually had... Um, forget who it was but someone came to a school like Kathy Freeman or someone and it just inspired her to become and really get out there and have a crack and and that's how what she sort of accredits a lot of her um, success to is is that school visit so obviously the school visits that sticks in your mind absolutely and the weird thing was um, I don't know maybe 10 years I did that way back in 2003 when I was 23 mm. um, about 10 years later the um, the school actually had me back to, to talk about the trip to oh, really? the kids of yeah, <laughs> in the school cool. then. So, yeah, that was um, that was funny. Bear Grylls. We were talking about him and we were particularly talking about his faith and just um, sharing a bit of stuff um, that's of interest to us about about Bear and where he's sort of come from and, and what he's all about. Um, but you're saying that you spent some time with him and then you're even able to end up in a church with him at some stage and, and write a bit of a story about that side of things in his life. Um, can you share any more on that? or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, very lucky uh, Sunday night. Uh, I once pitched an idea to the bosses about doing a profile on, on this crazy guy who drinks his own piss and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, eats all this wild stuff and <laughs> it was really everyone was fascinated at the time and they were keen and and uh, bear was gracious enough to give us some of his time he was actually in australia at the time and uh yeah spent two days with him and um i remember it he it hadn't been the the, the word was we got to do an interview with him and then spend a bit of time in the bush with him for half a day but I'd also heard that he was doing this big event at Hillsong Church. It wasn't actually run by Hillsong. They were just using the space. It was a Christianity Explained um, thing called Alpha that he was fronting, which he was really passionate about. And I remember saying to Bear towards the end of our filming, I said, look, I, I heard that in a couple of nights' time you're, you're speaking um, at this big church event. Could, could we film that? And I remember him kind of being a little cautious, but I think he, by that stage, had kind of got a bit of a trust of who we were and the sort of story we we're trying to tell. And he goes, "All right, you can you can come along." And and we filmed with him backstage. And I looked just an awesome guy. Um, not what you necessarily see on the screen. Like very nice, but also quite shy. Um, like in a group of people, he's not the loudest one. He's probably the quietest guy. Um, yeah. And and I just remember in the aftermath of that story, he wrote me an email. I was like, oh, "Thanks so much for the great story. Really enjoyed it." And uh, yeah, we've uh, couple, a couple of the guys involved in that that filming of that story. We all caught up with Bear for dinner one time a year later in Sydney. So yeah, he's just a, he's just one of the world's good people. Yeah, absolutely. And you get the, you really get a sense of that and the things that he's doing. And and um, 
and just his personality, as you're saying. But um, that's really unique, really unique opportunities to spend time with guys like that. And is there anyone that's really stood out apart from Bear that's really stood out throughout the years that, like, you've got a gift of telling stories and obviously everyone appreciates it and that's exactly the reason I'm here. I'm in the middle of other stuff and wanted to come back purely because you were telling the story and then the Pat and the four-wheel drive side of things really been the bonus for me and getting to know him has been really cool. But um, storytelling is your gift and that's where you sort of are able to pour all your creativity into. Um, what's that look like going forward? How do you How are you stimulated now in that? Like what, what makes you, you know, be able to tell stories better and how are you progressing in that? Great question. Yeah, I, I draw, I wouldn't say there's just one person that in, in whole kind of represents everything that I kind of want to be in life, but I've just drawn so much from different people. Some people, it's just their passion for certain things. Other people, it's what they've overcome. Um, yeah, no, there's a there's a particular family that I filmed with in the States who had three kids of their own, but then felt really called to uh, adopt a child, and then they adopted one. But when I say a child they, they were just particularly targeting um, special needs kids and like kids like a kid with born without arms and another kid with no limbs at all and yeah. but these kids like you should see the uh, the kid without arms he fully plays the guitar and yeah. uh, with his toes oh yeah he's, oh, yeah. he's rocked out with the goo goo dolls on stage <laughs> uh, George <laughs> Dennehy if you want to YouTube him <laughs> you'll see what I mean like he's amazing and the parents have gone on to adopt something like 12 kids I think they've got 15 in total now and oh, yeah just amazing um yeah and just other people have just overcome huge adverse adversity in life and yeah film with them so i'd say i've just drawn on lots of different people and it you know yeah. i just love telling people stories i enjoy meeting people yeah i'm not the uh i'm not the loudest person i enjoy kind of listening usually yeah soaking up what people have to say but yeah no people i, I people live most people have much more interesting lives than me i think out there people have much more amazing stories to tell and yeah it's always it's always fun um telling those for a tv audience it's funny that's where my story was multi-layered then and my my story my question was multi-layered and you answered it perfectly to answer both sides of it but so thank you for covering me <laughs> but i was going for an individual but it's really cool to hear that things like that really stand out above everything um in the media everything's so negative and and rank and we just mostly just can't stand watching it and all of that you were telling stories of all sides of the like all sides of the spectrum right and on Sunday night for all those years and now you get to do four wheel drive show it's all about lifestyle and living and getting outdoors and stuff um, how did you find those stories when you were doing that end of it like how would you, you just is it purely just your own interest or do they tell you what you got to research or is it a mixture or a bit of a mixture yeah yeah the, the key in um, in news and current affairs was always be pitching stories you want to do because if yeah. you're a bit too quiet then the bosses will give you a story and it may be something you don't want to do yeah so i was really proactive in in just reading really just magazines adventure stories just coming up with ideas sometimes just the littlest things sometimes it'd just be something topical yeah uh, but always trying to pitch it in a way that i thought would would sell for the particular audience that we catered for and yep. what would sort of you know make the bosses excited yeah and badges story was one for the ages one that we'll all remember the Cummins family most certainly still talk about it often and about the not just the story and the and the family together but just the crew as well with yourself and Rowan and the and the guys that were on the camera side and the production side but also us guys you know Badge and Nick and um Badge and Luke and Mark and Joey and and um, it was a really special time for everyone to get together that was um, one of my all-time favorites I think I hadn't been to the Kimberley before um I knew a bit about it from pictures but never sort of 
you know, experienced it. And uh, yeah, it was amazing just to be jumping on choppers and, you know, <laughs> getting into all these great lakes and going up the Berkeley River and of course meeting a good self. You know, I had a, um, that, was, that was one of the all time great stories and just a beautiful family, Nick Cummins and his dad, Mark, and brothers, Luke, Joey. Um, yeah, I've got great memories of that, of that week up here. Yeah, it's such a shame with Nathan and the other the others that couldn't get here. He's Nick's one of eight, for those that yeah. aren't aware. So the other guys are all spewing us. And that was all courtesy of Tourism Australia, though, getting um, getting that side of things told. And, and really unique, wasn't it, to hear about him going to Japan? Not, such, not really by choice, as a lot of people thought he was leaving Wallabies, just chasing money for whatever reason, but actually leaving to go and... Um, score some loot for his brother and sister who has cystic fibrosis and don't have the, That's the it. same no, day to day as we do. might seem like he went for selfish reasons at first, like to go where the biggest money was, but it's actually the opposite. He was doing that money to, you know, making that money to, to help others um, and, and, and pay for medical bills. His um, father, Mark, had prostate cancer and, you know, was on sort of, wasn't able to work as hard as he normally would. So Nick, as the older brother, decided to become the main sort of provider for the family. Yep. Yep, and get into it then. Unreal family, it's good times, mate. I'd love to, I'd love to keep going. But is there anything you'd like to, you could, really share with, I guess, um, with guys that are out and about working up here, and just something particularly about the Kimberley that stands out for you, or something about just being in the bush and what that does for you as far as a reset, living in the city and coming out here. Is there something that could sort of entice others to want to go bush or? Oh, for sure. Look, um, you know, I think. Um, it's so hard like to disconnect these days like um not only if you have a demanding job but some people uh you know just family if you've got kids you feel like you're just being pulled in every direction it's really hard just to get time alone i was saying this to someone last week one of the crew i'm here with that i think i think a lot of women i know um you know that they're great at just meeting up with groups of girls and going out for coffee but I know, unless you're a big heavy beer drinker and you're with the boys at the pub sometimes guys don't do that as much and just sort of take time to yeah just I don't know just just take the pace off life a bit and um, turn your phone off for a weekend and it doesn't have to be the Kimberley but just anywhere that's kind of a bit off grid go I do a lot of kayaking down rivers still after you know um, doing it down the Murray and I think it's a great way if you can just grab a mate get a boat or fishing or whatever it is and just sort of making that doing that once a month just for a day or two or just an overnighter I think that's a great way just because um, I've I um I got really burnt out at at Channel 7 I was there for 10 years and um, yeah so yeah just trying to prevent that trying to prevent all that stress that that um, can build up I, I thoroughly recommend people um, you know don't don't wait till you're really stressed out in life um, actually get out there and sort of prevent it and you know, enjoy creation that's around you yeah unreal it's um your next adventure as well just just came to me just then you mentioned the other day that you just bought a canoe because you want to paddle from melbourne or from from the bottom of victoria down (laughs) to tasmania that's what you're now wanting to do is paddle across bass Strait. this is a bit of an exclusive actually yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah this girl in my life where um she's actually dragging me on this one yeah she wants to um kayak bass Strait in a double double kayak so it's going to be interesting Look forward to hearing all about it. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to do a follow-up, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, mate. I'll shake your hand again. Good on you, Scott. It's, um, it's been unreal and really look forward to seeing you again. Cheers, Paul. Ciao. Cheers for tuning in to another episode. I trust you enjoyed it. 
To follow more of our journey, check us out on Instagram at Kimberly Spirit or the website KimberlySpirit.com. Stay stoked and God bless.